Hi, my name is Riker Neeson, and today I'll be talking to y'all about Jesus Christ. So, if you please, please turn your Bible to, or your phone, uh, to Matthew 14, 24 to 28. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, and walking on water, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, and in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Jesus spoke to them. At once, don't be afraid, he said, take courage, and I am here. So the disciples were so worried about the storm that they didn't notice that it was Jesus walking on the water. So I'm going to tell y'all a little story. So one time, me and my family, we went fishing, and we were pretty far from the boat dock on our little boat, and a big storm came, like, really fast, and there were waves everywhere, and we were scared, and Jesus didn't stop the storm like I would want him to my way. He stopped, he did the thing that he wanted to and got us safely to the dock. So, Jesus will always show up in your situation. It just may not be the way that you think he'll show up. So, just like the disciples, they were nervous about the storm. They didn't recognize that it was Jesus walking on the water because they were too worried about what's going on right in front of them. So, I'm going to pray for you all tonight, for everybody that's going through a storm in their life. Please bow your heads. God, I pray that you will just help everybody that's going through a storm right now. I just pray that you will be a light in their life and that you will guide them through their storm and that you will show them the way and that you will show them that you're there with them. Amen. Good morning. My name is Carly Judd, and I'm going to be preaching about Peter. So this spring break, my family and I went on a ski trip to Breckenridge, Colorado, and I've only been once before, and I was really little, so I kind of forgot how to ski, but my parents have been skiing multiple times before, so they kind of know. So I was really excited, and we was really pretty driving up there, and we get there, and I get my skis on, and we're going to get on the chairlift, and I like freeze, and I'm like, hold on, I, I, like, I don't know how to ski, like, I'm going to get up at the top of this mountain, and I'm like, it's going to be so bad. So we get up to the top, and my mom's like, put your skis down, and let the chairlift lift you up, and it'll be fine, you'll be great. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it, I, I trust you, mom. So I get up there, and I put my skis down, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and the, and the chairlift doesn't lift me up, and I'm, I'm sliding, and the chairlift's not lifting me up, and I just fall, and I'm like, oh. Like, I thought this was going to be good. I thought I would learn how to do it. And so they had to stop the chairlift. They had to come get the guy to come help me up because my skis were tangled and I couldn't get up with my skis. So they had to have the guy come help me up. And I was like, wow, that's a perfect start to this trip. So I kind of pulled my way over because I don't know how to ski. So I'm like pulling my way over to the top. And mom was like, all right, ready, set, go. And she just takes off. And I'm looking at her like, have you lost your mind? Like, what are you, like, what are you doing? 
She's like, come on, like, it's going to be so fun. You got it. And I was like, no, I, like, I don't, because the only thing stopping me from flying off the side of this mountain is my pizza with my skis and my helmet, and I, I do not trust myself that much. So Matthew 14, 27 says, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. So standing at the top of the mountain, I was really scared and I didn't want to go, but I knew I had to get off the mountain. Either I could ski down or um, I could roll down. So I either had to learn how to ski or I was sliding down the mountain. So my mom stopped, she's looking back up at me, and she's like, come on, we don't have all day, like, go. So I start, and I'm, I'm in pizza, and I'm, I'm going big S's, I'm not I'm barely moving down the mountain, I'm so scared. Matthew 14, 28 through 30. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Peter got down out of the boat and walked on water and came towards Jesus. How crazy would that have been to be standing on the boat and then just watch one of your buddies just step out towards Jesus? I'd be like, ooh, you get after that because I'll, I'll just watch. And if you make it, then I'll go. But I'm, I'm not going first. So Matthew 14, 29 through 31. Then Peter got down out of the boat walked on water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? So when I was reading this, I kind of forgot, and I feel like Peter kind of forgot. He had already done the hardest thing. He had already stepped out of the boat. Now he just had to walk to Jesus. I had already started skiing. So instead of stopping, I just had to keep going and make it down. So when Jesus says to do something, we need to listen because he can see the big picture when we can't. We're just caught up in the moment. So back to when I was skiing, I decided to turn my skis down the mountain and just go and trust my mom. So when I did, I had so much fun with my cousins the rest of the week because I trusted her and I learned how to ski. So... Peter didn't experience the power of God until he trusted God. If we let the fear, if we let it, fear will sink us, but faith will free us. Matthew 14, 31. Jesus says, you have little faith. Imagine what Jesus would say if he could say, you have big faith. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that this message touch somebody's heart today, Lord, and I pray that we will listen to Jesus instead of question Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Just so proud of our students, but I wanted to change up gears a little bit. Um, Take this moment. It's uncomfortable for me, but God said, if you want people to go deeper, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable and go deeper yourself. So in this moment, let's just posture ourselves to him. That's closing your eyes, lifting your hands to him, and just let's listen to him. Pastor Chrissy mentioned it in the, when she was worshiping. Has it been one of those mornings, you know, maybe you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Maybe it's been hectic before you got to church. Maybe you've yelled at your spouse, at your brother, at your sister, whoever. Because when I walked in this morning, it was one of those mornings. The enemy's like, oh, I got her. I know she has a message to preach, but I got her. I'm going to use everything as a distraction it was before 8 o'clock, and I've already yelled at my poor husband. And everything felt like it was going wrong. 
but that is a lie from the enemy. If there's someone here right now in this moment that you barely even made it to church, or maybe it's just been this week that you feel like you've just been trucking along, and you're like, Lord, I need you. I need you in this moment. I feel like right now in this room, he's saying, I'm here. I'm right next to you. I am with you. But you have to trust me, just like Carly said, trust me and listen to my voice. So Lord, I just pray for every person in this room. I feel like this morning we are going to go deeper and it's gonna be a little bit uncomfortable. It's gonna be raw, but it's gonna be real. I just pray, Father, that anyone here who's maybe has felt hidden, forgotten about, and just really going through it, Lord, that you just comfort them in this moment and open up their hearts and ears to what you have to say. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, my name is Haley. I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Destiny, and I work with Pastor Chris and Pastor Jana, and just want to say thank you. I'm so proud of our youth and all that they have done with the spoken word, just in worship, and just coming up here. It's not easy coming up here, you know, and opening up your heart, and I'm just so proud of them. We had a sixth grader, guys. I could not imagine that, a sixth grader. And then for, um, I know Pastor Lawrence and Tracy will watch this later. They're out ministering in another church. They trust us enough to preach on a Sunday and leave. Like, that's a lot of trust, I'm just saying. See, like, you know, us and our teenagers, hence why we got, might have the wide legs going in the middle part. Some of you might not even know what that is. That shows what group we're in. So um, <laughs> trying to, you know, be like the, the cool kids. But in all honesty, I just love student takeover. And the theme is rescue. We're talking about Peter walking on water. And I preach this story a lot of times, but it's one of my favorite ones. And that's the one thing I love about the Bible. I've been growing up in church since I was a kid. My dad was a pastor. I did Bible quizzing, you know, like with the little books, and, or not the books, the little like, yeah, anyways. Um, you're like, what? I did Bible quizzing. I've learned all about the Bible. I've talked about it. But one thing in every season of my life, I could hear a sermon from somebody else over and over again, the same story in the Bible, but in every season of my life, it resonates with me differently. It's always so fresh, his word. Guys, get into the word of God. Oh, it just touches my heart. And with the story of, you know, Peter walking on water, like they talked about earlier, Riker and Carly about it says, do not be afraid. They saw Jesus and they said, oh, it's a ghost. And he said, do not be afraid for I am with you. How many of you have ever been afraid? I know I have multiple times, but he's saying right now in this moment, some of you need to hear this. Do not be afraid for I am with you. Whatever you're walking through, don't be afraid because I am with you. And sometimes we just need to say those words over and over again until we get it. Maybe if you're a teacher, you know, you might have to tell your students over and over again. And you're like, are you even listening to me? Or your children. You just say it over and over again. And it's the same with the word of God. We have to read it over and over again to truly understand it and get it. And then my favorite part is good old Peter. 
when he's like, how many of you are those ones who are like, okay, Lord, well, then prove it to me. And I need a miracle right now. Like, I want to see it go back to, like, Moses in the burning bush. I want to see the bush burning right in front of me. How many of you are like, I need to see it. I need to see it right now, right? So he's like, okay, prove it to me. If it's you, have me come to you walking on water. And then, guess what? His focus was on Jesus, and what did he do? He walked on water. He did the unthinkable because his focus, his eyes were on Jesus. But when the winds and the waves and the distractions came, the fear, the anxiety came, his eyes went off of Jesus, and what happened? He began to sink. But did Jesus let him drown? Was he just going to be like, okay, your eyes are off on me. I'm just going to let you drown. No. Immediately, he reached out his hand to grab him. But in that moment, he said, you of little faith, why do you doubt me? He's going to be like, why would you doubt me? Maybe you had, it's just been a year for you. But do you remember those miracles that God performed for you two years ago? Do you remember in those moments when God was with you, but now because you're walking through something, you're doubting him? He's saying, why do you doubt me? But he still reached out his hand and grabbed him. He would never let him drown. He will never let you drown. But guess what Peter had to do? Peter had to reach his hand back and let him pull him out of the water. In order to be rescued, you have to let someone rescue you. You have to reach your hand back and let Jesus rescue you. Because I promise you, he will never let you drown. Have you been in an ocean where you're just standing there and you feel like one wave comes up after another wave and you just get knocked down? You get back up and you get knocked down. You're like, Lord, what am I doing wrong? Why do I feel like, you know, everything is great, and then one thing comes, it hits me. Okay, I'm going to go back again. And then another thing comes, it hits me over and over again. But God will never let you drown. His hand is out there reaching towards you the entire time. He's like, just let me grab your hand. Let me lift you above the waves. Let me not let you sink. But are you willing to? Because in order to do that, it's going to be a painful process in order to heal, in order to grow. It's not just going to be easy. And recently, it was like two or three weeks ago, I had a root canal. Some of you hearing that root canal probably gives you anxiety. I'm about to give you more, so be prepared. So I had a good old root canal, a three-hour-long appointment. In the beginning, so I've had issues with my tooth. I had surgery on it three years ago. And then I was about to go get my crown. It's great. I've had a lot of pain, you know, hot, cold, anything. It just hurt. So I go get my cleaning, and her barely touching it hurt. And I have a really high pain tolerance. Well, then they're like, you can't even get your crown. You're going to have to go get a root canal. And we can't even help you at this doctor's office because you need to go to a specialist because you have so many issues with your teeth. Well, they didn't say that. But so I go to the specialist. I know it's going to cost me a lot of money. And time. They're like, yeah, you will be there for three hours. So I said, the one time I get away from my children, it's in order to have pain on my mouth? 
Like, really? I don't get many opportunities like this. Like, can I get my nails done or something? Well, so I go to the doctor's appointment. I'm a little anxious. And <laughs> they're going to do this thing where they freeze your tooth first to see if your nerve can feel it. And I told the doctor, I said, Miss, I've had two children naturally, no drugs, but can you please not freeze my tooth? Because anything hurts this thing right now. She's like, okay, that's fine. I was like, thank you. Well, they give you all these shots in your mouth. They're supposed to numb you up. And she's like, okay, I'm going to actually have to freeze your tooth, but you shouldn't feel it. They gave me like seven, ten shots. I get back, and she does it, and I could still feel it because I had such bad nerve damage. So they had to do another round of shots. And for some reason, I can buy 5,000 Starbucks drinks, but I opt out of the laughing gas because it costs extra money. <laughs> makes, <laughs> it makes no sense. I'm like, I don't want to pay that extra $70. I spent a lot in Starbucks. Anyways, so I could still feel it. She gets getting me ready. Finally, I'm numbed up. This is where you're going to get some little anxious. If you've never had a root canal, sorry, you're not going to want to now. Well, they get this rubber band thing and like wires and they open up your mouth and pry it open. And then on top of that, they add this block. They're like, you're not going to shut your mouth today. They add a block in there. And I love what I love about it. And they're like, okay, this is going to be two hours. I'm like, well, I guess I have nowhere else to go. But what I love is that they always seem to ask you questions when your mouth, uh -huh, yeah. hey, so how are you doing? Uh, uh, I, I don't know, how are you? Can you hear what I'm saying? Like, all right. Then they're like, can you hear that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Seriously, they ask me so many questions. It's like I'm choking on my own saliva. Like, what are you doing? Like, stop talking to me. So in that moment, you know, you could hear all the noise, all the distractions going around, like the drills and everything. And they had to give me more shots because I could feel it in the middle of the root canal. Not a good idea. It's not good. Well, then in that moment, you know what? I was like, I'm just going to close my eyes because I could see the reflection of what they're doing. They didn't have any music on. Like, can you, like, put some worship music on? Something for me, please. So I am just closed my eyes. I'm like, Lord, you know what I'm going to do in this moment? I'm going to pray for student takeover. And so I'm just sitting there. Obviously, I'm not praying out loud because that would be weird. So I was just praying quietly. And in that moment, God spoke to me. The middle of a root canal. How do you know God can speak to you anywhere? He said, stop focusing on your pain and start focusing on your healing. Stop focusing on your pain and stop focusing on your healing. I was in pain before, a lot of pain, and I ignored it. I'm not going to lie. I kept ignoring it. Oh, I got this. I can go through it. But it finally got to the point where I had to do something about it. It was going to cost me time, money. It was going to be uncomfortable. And then I was going to have to go through more pain in order to actually heal. They're like, oh, yeah, you have a lot of problem, so you're going to have to come back which is like the next couple of weeks, to get another one. I'm like, great. But they said it's going to hurt even worse. Like after the appointment, my mouth was like stuck wide open. <laughs> I had locked jaw because it was open for so long. And then I couldn't eat certain things. It hurt even worse. But they said 
after these next couple appointments, it'll eventually get better. It's going to be a little bit more painful, but it's going to get better. So many of us, we need to focus. We need to know that we, we need to realize and recognize the pain that you're going through. Don't hide from it. Don't do what I did. I hid from it for so long, and it got worse. But at the same time, that can't be your only focus because then it becomes a distraction. You have to realize God is trying to heal you. He's trying to help you. But it's going to be a process. When he reached out his hand toward Peter and lifted it out of the water, he wanted to rescue him. He wanted to help him in that moment. I think of something like the craziest situation. It made me think of a story like with human trafficking. The worst case scenario. When they get rescued or saved from their situation, do you think overnight they're just okay? No. They, when someone saves them, they are saved. But it's a process they have to walk through, spiritual, physical, mental. And they will have to go through more pain in order to get better. When God is trying to unlock something inside of you, sometimes there's things that you bury down so deep that you don't even know about that he's trying to bring to the top, but you don't want to because it's painful. But God is saying, right now, you have to bring it to the top and surrender it to me because I want to help you with it. I want to walk alongside with you with it because you are getting to the point, you've walked away with it for so long that you feel like you're drowning and you can't do it anymore. And it's time to let me help you. It's time to let me be your rescue. I am your savior. He died on the cross for our sins and he paid the ultimate price for our lives. So why can't we trust him enough with our lives? Because it isn't easy, it's uncomfortable, it will cost us something. Psalms 25:15 it says, my eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me. Just like when Peter had his eyes on Jesus, he was able to walk on water. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me. And I've shared this with our students before. And I told God, I didn't want to be uncomfortable up here, but he said, I have something else in mind. I know a lot of you have walked, well, I don't know all of you, but I've known a lot of you have walked through so many different difficult things in this season of life, especially the year 2020. So many have lost people, loved ones, maybe jobs. It's just been a hard season. And the year 2019 for me was one of the hardest. And it wasn't just because my brother passed away. It was many different things. There were so many different things I was walking through and I was trying to ignore it, that I felt like I was just going through the motions. I want people to think, oh, I got it all together, I'm okay. When I go through something painful, I just keep going, because I feel like if I stop, then I have to realize the pain that I'm actually going through. And that was 2019. So many people had no clue. I was to a point that I said, Lord, I didn't even want to answer my phone, because I didn't know what else was gonna happen that next week. I said, I can barely handle it. I was barely surviving, in all honesty. I was just showing up, doing my best, trying, barely. And then we find out my brother, he suffered from kidney disease his whole life. 
He's my, he just turned, well, he turned 34 in October of 2019, and he was my older brother. He was like my dad when my dad wasn't there, and he was a pain in my butt, but he was, <laughs> because he was a protector. I loved him dearly. And he went through open heart surgery that year. We were in and out of the hospital. I felt like I lived up there. And then there's a point when I knew it was that time. We go in his room as my sister and I, and he said, I need to have a real talk with you. He said, I know it's not going to be much longer. He said, I'm not giving up. I'm still fighting. But it's my time. He said, I know you're going to miss me, and I'm going to miss you dearly. But it's my time to go, and I will always be with you. And so we call hospice. He was able to go. My sister lives in the country, so he was able to go out there in the country. And we had all these friends, family come and see him. There's like 80 people at a time. And the hospice lady, she's like, oh, it might be months. We don't know how long it could be. It was three days. Well, I would drive out there every day. And with, I had Kyle at the time. I didn't have my son, Caleb, who's named after him. And I would drive out there every day. It was like a 40-minute drive. And one Sunday, I was letting some other people have time with him because it was a little just overwhelming. And I come to church. Some people knew the situation. They're like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I put on a fake face. How many of you have done that before? Like, I got it all together. Well, then after that, I go and I see my brother. And I'm driving home. I'm getting ready for bed. My son's asleep. My husband's doing something in the other room. And I put on the song, Rescue. And that's the song we played, with him in the, played for him in the hospital. And in that moment, I couldn't hide anymore. I couldn't be fake. The real emotions finally came up because I had buried them so deep. I had to face the pain that I was hiding from the entire time. And I just fell to my knees. I didn't even feel like I was there. And I was just crying. I don't even know how loud I was crying. But the next thing you know, I feel an arm come up around me and grab me. It was my husband. He just held me. I don't know long, how long he held me there. But I didn't even have the strength to lift up my head. And he just waited with me until I was able to lift up my head. And in that moment, he didn't judge me. He didn't say, get yourself together. Why are you crying? Why are you emotional? He just showed me love. And that's the same with Jesus. He won't let you drown. He's reaching out his hand to you. He just wants you to grab it back. He's trying to lift up your head in whatever you're walking through. Some of you are walking with your head held low, and he's trying to lift it up. But you have to let him. When you're crying, he's crying. But you have to be real with him. 
In that moment, I even tried to hide my emotion from Jesus. Like he didn't know what I was walking through. But in that moment, in my bathroom, I couldn't hide anymore. And that next morning, I went and saw my brother, sat by his bed. And after I had, finally people were out of the room. Because when I'm around a lot of people, I'm always worried about everyone else's feelings, not my own. So everyone kind of walked out of the room. I was sitting next to his bed. And I told him, I said, don't worry. We'll be okay. Kyle, he will be okay. And five minutes later, he passed away. And can I tell you, it was an easy process. Can I tell you still to this day it's an easy process? No. Some days are great. You know, you go along with life. But then there's those times where it hits you like a ton of bricks. Life is real. It always isn't easy. This Christian walk that we live through isn't always easy. And if I can have the worship team, I, don't even, I can't even see if they can come up here. The life that the disciples lived, you know, they experienced so many signs and wonders, but they doubted God. They went through things. We are real people. These teenagers, just because they're teenagers doesn't mean they don't go through things. Just because, you know, you're adults and you're supposed to have it, you know, a job, all this stuff, have it all together, doesn't mean you don't go through things. We all go through things. And in that moment when my husband was there for me, you know, you can't do it alone. I thought I could, but I needed him to help me. You can't do this alone. These students, they can't do it alone. You guys, you can't do it alone. And we say it all the time, but it's so true. That's why we are here together. Helping, not fighting against one another, but with one another. Lord, I just, I just feel like you're doing a deepening inside of some people here, God. I don't even know if I have the words to say, but I know that you have the words to say. You are their rescue, Father. And right now, in this moment, I feel like people are, there's distractions that are holding them back. And they're letting these distractions become their rescue, but that is not true. You are their rescue. Drugs are not their rescue. Alcohol is not their rescue. Pornography is not their rescue. Their job is not their rescue. Money is not their rescue. People pleasing is not their rescue. Whatever it is, Father, all, any distraction that is in their life, Lord, I just pray that you bring that right now in this moment at the forefront, at the feet of the cross, Lord, so they can no longer let them hold that back from what you are trying to do in their lives. You are a rescue. 
You are our Savior, our friend. You care about us. In those deepest, darkest moments when nobody can see, in our cars when we're crying out to you, when we feel like we're so lost and we can't hear our voice, you are there. Maybe they have been crying out for a long time and they have not heard your voice, Father. I just pray in this moment they could hear your voice again and know that you are right there with them, just like you're with me in my bathroom, lifting my head up when I didn't even have the strength to do it. You are right there with them, lifting their heads up. Just as it says right out those lobby doors, open up the gates, Lord. Open up our eyes to see what you want us to see. Open up our ears to hear what you want us to hear. Open up our hearts, God. And I know there's so many hearts out there that are breaking. So many people have just been overwhelmed. I speak peace over them. Comfort. Joy again, Lord. I feel like you're bringing back true joy in the lives of so many. Because you can only fake it for so long. God, your presence is in this place. And Lord, you want to bring us all together, all the generations, Father. We can learn. I learn from these students more than they ever know. You can learn from the students. We can learn from our grandparents, from our parents, God. But it takes us working together as a team. Lord, we just surrender to you, God. Right now, if you are just feeling like you just need God to rescue you, I'm just going to ask you just to stand to your feet. I know it's embarrassing and uncomfortable, and maybe there's nobody, but just right now this Lord, surrounding them, helping them through this. So right now, if we just all stand together, because we do not do this life alone, Lord, we surrender our hearts to you. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. 